It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, before. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dallas Debt Discussion for another Monday night. It is February 27th, 2017. We got a couple of sevens in our thing here. John, John had started to say something. What were you going to say, John? Um, I think the debt ceiling kicks in on the 15th of next month. <laughs> yes, the 15th. And uh, there, the, the budget proposal... Things supposed to come out on the 16th, but I mean that's like hitting a brick wall. Um, going uh, 20 trillion miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm be very honest with you. I'm not real concerned about that situation for uh, a very simple reason. Um, for the the overriding thing is, I have nothing to say about it. Uh, secondly. Uh, they have had this brick wall that they've been racing up against that they've come to how many times in the last 15 years? A lot. And, right. And when you had real, real problems with uh, opposing uh, parties, uh, one party uh, holding the Senate and the other part holding the, the House and trying to get something done and so on and so forth, in Washington, uh, created the old proverbial word gridlock. And, uh, you know, they always managed to figure something out. They always did. But they're all politicians. That's all for show. Uh, now that you have uh, the same party, if you want to call it that, they've let's just say Republican, the people wearing the Republican shirts are uh, commanding uh, the uh, lead in the Senate and the House. And, uh, of course, we we have a president that uh, uh, knows something about economics where our previous one appeared not to, other than, you know, spend it, spend it, spend it on vacation, spend it going golfing, spend it on this, spend it on that, just spend it. I, I don't worry about it because they're going to deal with it in one form or fashion, and we don't have any say so. They're going to do whatever they want to do, and uh, I, you know, some people may think, well, you know, what kind of attitude is that? That's called realistic. That's called a realistic attitude. I can't call Washington up and say, I don't like this. You need to change it, and they say, okay, Dave, we'll take care of it. You know, it doesn't work that way. Obviously, uh, I have no say so. Uh, my say-so was at the ballot box. That was it. That's all the say-so I get, just like all the rest of you. So uh, if if something doesn't get done, uh, I would be very surprised. But we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are waiting to hear what uh, Trump is going to say tomorrow night in the State of the Union message. But you can rest assured that the... Uh, uh, the progressives as a whole are going to badmouth everything he says and tell uh, tell everybody in the through the mainstream media that uh, 
uh, he's full of crap, and so on and so forth. And this is all part of the game. We we hear all that now. So tomorrow isn't going to be really any different. Uh, it's the old saying: actions speak louder than words. You know. And one thing I got to say is uh, Donald Trump has taken a lot of actions in a relatively short period of time, which is great. And he's following through on a number of uh, campaign promises he made, uh, which is more than his pre- predecessor ever did. But uh, the uh, the bottom line is we don't have any say-so, so we're just going to have to sit back with our bowl of popcorn, a cold drink, and our lawn chair and watch the fireworks because that's about what it'll be. So, John, did you have any other comments on it? No, that, that that's just it. But, I mean, all signs are pointing to um, a correction. Real estate, you know, as you know, the land is under everything. The foundation mm-hmm. of all wealth um, has peaked. And the statistics they throw out on the evening news are usually three or four months behind the curb because by the time you put a contract together, it takes two, two and a half months for it to close and then another month or so for it to hit the public record. So, I mean, the data is always lagging. Right. And um, foreclosures are starting to creep up again. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. And prices are at an all-time high. Inventory is at an all-time high. And new home producers are offering all kinds of incentives to get people to buy their property. And mortgages are the one things that are creeping in. Last month, interesting enough, the number of cash buyers spiked up again compared to mortgage transactions. And the luxury market's already peaked. And it's just what they're working on now are the third-tier people that couldn't get credit before, and they're suddenly going, oh, I'm qualified. I can get a mortgage. I want to buy something now. And you know, those are the people that are going to really be stung because they buy at the top of the market. Right. The lowest right. credit rating with the type of things that go into the, you know, the – the conduit is junk mortgages, just just like about what two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Right, exactly. It's a repeat performance, and it people is. don't realize it. And and the other things that are going along with this, uh, the default rate on student loans is really rising, very very mm-hmm. much so, and the default rate on automobile loans is really starting to move up. That's right. So, uh, I mean, these are all the backdrops, and these are the things, everybody, that's going to start sending more people to these calls. You know, things, the calls over the last uh, several months have lightened up with attendance. We understand that. It's not that we're doing anything different, that we're doing anything wrong. It's just that this is a cycle that goes you know the economy goes through the uh, the uh, socioeconomic shift of the people's thought processes. Everybody kind of got in a little more uh, happy mood. A lot of people did. I shouldn't say everybody because there's some people obviously that weren't, but a, a number of people became more enthusiastic, more positive after the election. Well, that's going to be a short-lived bump in things. And then the reality is going to come back just like this movement in the stock market, the uh, excessive move up in such a short period of time based on what may happen. 
and uh, there's a lot of wet maize. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, things behind the curtain that most people aren't aware of yet. Uh, you know, John's aware of them because he's involved in the real estate uh, business. I'm aware of them because I'm a trader. Jesse's aware of them because he's a trader. Um, so, you know, there's a number of us that uh, are very aware of this kind of stuff. In fact, Jesse and I had quite a extended conversation this afternoon while he was driving about, you know, what can we do to uh, do something to take advantage of the impending down, downturn in the, uh, in the economy that's coming. Because, you know, there's, there's always a way to uh, uh, figure out how you can capitalize on any event that happens. You know, and it's not capitalizing at, at others' expense. It's not something, ooh, ooh I, I get to make money and, and you suffer because of it. No, <clears throat> this is need to figure out what you can do to make money to be able to prosper to a degree when things around you are tumbling down instead of just being there and watching everything tumble down and, and go, oh, my God, you know, how is it going to affect me? Uh you know, even if uh, you can figure out ways to uh, capitalize on a downtrending economy, that might offset some uh, negative things that occur to you as a result of that whole situation. If nothing else, it maybe helps offset them, even if it doesn't put you in a better position, even if it helps you maintain where you are without you taking a dive like most other people will. And most people will take a dive to some degree. And the the uh, middle and lower income people are going to be hurt the worst. There's no question about it. So, and I think that includes most of the people that are uh, on these calls. I don't think there's uh, uh, too many rich people that come on the calls. I may be wrong, but uh, I doubt it. So with all that said, I need to do a disclaimer and, of course, tell everybody that what you hear on this call is not legal advice. It's Dallas debt discussion. We discuss, in large part, debt issues, uh, the Consumer Protection Statutes, uh, the TCPA, Telephone Consumer Protection Act, FCRA, Fair Credit Reporting Act, and the FDCPA, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, and help people understand the statutes understand the rights under those statutes and be able to identify when their rights are violated and because they don't teach you this stuff in school and that's all by design they want you to go hire a lawyer so that uh, somebody in the elite group of people in this country can make some more money at the expense of the uh, the average working american so uh, bottom line is we don't ever give legal advice for a couple of reasons actually one we have no idea what it is. Um, lawyers can give it. Uh, they go to school and they must have some kind of secret in there as to what legal advice is. I don't know. But uh, we don't give it. We can't give it. That's the uh, purview of the attorneys. So uh, you're going to hear discussion. And when we talk about, uh, if somebody asks a question about, well, you know, this, I've got this situation or that situation, you know, uh, this happened or that happened, what uh, what should I do? If we say, well, you want to do this or that, 
please understand we're not giving you advice, first of all. What we're doing is giving you a suggestion of what we would do if we were in a similar situation or in your shoes. And what we're saying is based on our own experience and study. Uh, all of the moderators, Terry, my, uh, myself, and John, uh, are all litigators. We've all litigated in federal court, and uh, we've all got a fair amount of experience in that. Does that mean we're experts? We're you know, all knowledgeable? Absolutely not. No way. We don't have any formal legal education. But we've got a fair amount of uh, good hands-on experience doing things. Plus, we've studied an immense amount of uh, things along the way in our journey on learning what we've learned and helping other people. So bottom line is, uh, if we know something, we'll tell you uh, what our thoughts are and uh, our suggestion and what you might want to do. It's up to you what you do, but never take anything we say as legal advice because we don't give it. We can't give it. If you want legal advice, you need to hang up and go find yourself a bar-licensed attorney because they are the ones that are authorized by law to give you legal advice. So with all that said, uh, I think we possibly had Terry join us uh, just a little bit ago. Terry, is that you? I saw Georgia come up. Uh, maybe not. Either that or she's trying to find the button on her cell phone, one of the two. But uh, anyway, uh, Terry is uh, traveling. And uh, she said she would be on the call tonight. She may be a little late, so you know if she joins us, great. John is here uh, along with me, and uh, we'll try and help anybody that we can. But uh, <clears throat> generally, we always start with good news. We want to hear if there's anything good that's happened with people out there, whether uh, they uh, maybe had a, a good outcome in something uh, dealing with the courts or possibly were able to uh, – uh, arrange a settlement with somebody that violated their rights, or maybe they get a check, or who knows what. So if anybody has any good news, go ahead and speak up. You don't have to hit star eight. Okay, nobody popping up with good news. So like I say, things uh, the, the number of people uh, that are participating uh, recently has come down some. There's no question about it. I mean, if people are out there need help working on it, great. We'll help them. If they're not, they're not. And uh, we just had somebody that came on the call, and you're making a bunch of noise, so I just muted you. But uh, what we do is try and help people through the process of education, it is. Uh, this is all about education. It's about us coming together and helping each other. It's about teaching, uh, helping you learn things that you were never taught in school. Now, when we refer to a website, what we're talking about is Jesse's website. And to get to Jesse's website is very simple. All you got to do is open a browser and type in knockoutcollectors, T-O-R-S, dot net. Don't try and search for it and do it that way. Just open a browser, and it's knockoutcollectors.net. That'll take you right to Jesse's site. Uh, is it free? No, because there's a full-time webmaster. You've got to pay for webinar services, all that kind of stuff. There is a minimal cost to it to be a member. It's $99 for the first month, $49 a month after that for as long as somebody wants to be a member. There's no commitment like for six months or a year at a time or anything you can be a member as long as you want. But the best part is it's risk-free. B 
because your membership comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You can use that thing all you want for 60 days. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if for whatever reason you decide that, no, you know, I got what I needed or I, you know, it's too much for me or, or whatever, it doesn't matter why, you can just request a refund and you get it. So there's no risk to you, but you have to see it to believe what's there. It's uh website's been up for about six years and uh it's it's there's nothing else like it on the web. That's the bottom line. It's organized in different categories. There's uh the sections for TCPA about phone calls. There's section about saving your home, obviously foreclosure related. There's stuff about FCRA dealing with the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the uh, credit reporting agencies, whether they've got junk in your credit reports, so on and so forth. Then you've got the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. If you get somebody dunning you for a debt and they're they're going to be violating the law, 99 out of 100 times when they do that, it's just that if you don't understand how they're doing it and how to make them accountable for it, well then what what good is it to you? It's all about education because you, I guarantee you weren't taught this stuff in school. No college, no high school, no junior high school, no community college, none of those teach this stuff. So the information is there. You can listen to these calls. You can get bits and pieces, and that's exactly what you're going to end up with is bits and pieces instead of the whole picture and organized information that you can use in the proper fashion to get the results that you need and you want in dealing with these situations. You need to be a member of the site. Go in there and check it out. Like I said, there's no risk to you. Uh, Terry coordinates things. If people want to share a membership, that helps keep the cost down. We know there are some people that are extraordinarily tight on finances. And two people can share a membership because there's two IP addresses, so that literally gets your cost down to $24.50 a month. <clears throat> and you can turn the membership into money in your pocket in just about every case. But you have to learn how to do it. We're not just about stopping people from violating your rights. One of our main goals is to show you how you can turn those people's violations of your rights into cash in your pocket. And who wouldn't want that? I mean, the only way we're going to have an effect on the debt collection industry on making them straighten up their practices and follow the law is to take enough money out of their pocket. It's pure and simple. Stopping them isn't going to accomplish that. You cost them enough money through legal fees because they they all have to hire lawyers. We don't have to hire lawyers. We, in most cases, can take care of the stuff ourselves after we've learned how to do it properly. But uh, the whole thing is, if we cost them enough money in attorney's fees and the money they have to pay us through statutory uh, damages, it changes their behavior. And I guarantee you, we have had an effect on the collection industry. Uh, our group, collectively, has had uh, a certain amount of uh, effect on the collection industry in the last three years on the TCPA issues because of the tremendous number of TCPA claims that our members uh, brought against the uh, collection industry. I've, believe me, I've got my fair share. 
but there's many, many, many of you that have done the same thing and have collected either settlements uh, through uh, negotiation before legal action or went ahead with legal action and uh, <clears throat> had to do it that way. So the bottom line is if you don't know your rights, you don't have any. So we're here to help you learn about that. We don't do it for you. We don't go over your documents and read them and proofread them and correct the spelling and stuff. You need to find somebody to help you do that. That's what we do. But uh, the bottom line is we're here to help you with things and learn. There's tons of examples of things. There's no templates as such in the website. We don't uh, refer to templates. We refer to examples because everything in the legal world is pretty much individualized. You'll find that there will be a lot of things that are very, very similar from case to case to case, but they're not the same. Every case is an individual case. No two are the same because of the potential uh, violations and the difference in companies that you deal with, companies or individuals, and the attorneys uh, that represent these other people on the other side. There's, you know, you, anytime you bring the human element into things, you have these, you know, different people. Some lawyers are real cocky, and some of them are fairly easy to deal with. Some of them are uh, pretty knowledgeable. Others are dumber than a brick. Some of them are very careless. Some of them are very lazy. I mean, it just runs the gamut from quite competent and good at what they do to absolutely stupendously stupid. And believe me, we've seen the whole spectrum. I've seen personally, I've seen the, the whole spectrum on that. So uh, this is what we do. The bottom line is we're here to help you. We don't get paid for what we do. We volunteer our time. And there's just two things that we ask that you do uh, in return for us helping. Those two things are very simply, one, tell other people we exist. Just let people know we're here so that if they need help with things, they can come here and they can get some assistance. The other thing is that when you learn things through our efforts here to try and uh, uh, educate you, that uh, when you have the opportunity to help others, that you pay it forward and do so. You know, and we have some people that are fantastic about doing that. They do an immense amount of stuff to help other people, and that's great. And we appreciate that. That's all we ask. Like I say, we don't we don't uh, get paid for this. There's no advertising budget here. It's uh, everything about this is word of mouth. It's just uh, people talking to people. And I've said many, many times in the past, and I'll say it again. I talk to people wherever I go. I don't care if I'm standing in line at the post office or whether I'm at the grocery store or wherever. I strike up a conversation with people, and I've got little cards uh, that I hand out, business cards. I get into a conversation with somebody, and I hand out the card to them. Here, you know, this is how you can find out about the calls. It's got the information about the calls, and it's got the information about the website. You know, I'm not going to try and sell anybody any on anything. If they if they're interested, they have to be self starters. You know, I'm not going to beat somebody over the head to to learn. They they have to be uh, interested in learning themselves. Or you know, well, uh, too bad, so sad. 
So uh, anyway, um, let me see. We've got a couple of uh, uh, notes on the board here. Whatever happened with Leon, he never did come on the calls after the trial. Well, uh, actually, I think Leon may be on the call with us tonight. I see there's two people from Kansas, and I'm going to guess one of them is Leon. Uh, what's up with all the new cars driving around everywhere? Most people are broke, as uh, they explain. As I swear every day, I see at least three to four new cars with those white dealer tags. I see them all over too. I live in a uh, decent apartment complex, nothing real fancy. I don't live in high end. I'm not in a dump or anything. It's it's a nice place, but uh, there's all sorts of paper plates around here. Well, uh, they're financing just about anybody and everybody these days. And as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the call, the default rate on car loans is really starting to move up. And it's going to move up a lot further. This is just more of the uh, nonsense. There's so many people buying these cars and, uh, you know, four or five, six hundred dollar a month car payments and uh, 74 to 80 month terms. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, but, but Dave, it's only 0% interest and 0% down, and they give you a free tank of gas. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> what a brother-in-law deal. And then what about what about after that, the first two days? <laughs> oh, well, they give you two months, no payments. <laughs> like yeah. build up some miles before they start. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, everybody, when things shift, um, the yeah. price of automobiles, uh, the used car prices are going to plummet. There's going to be so many used cars on the market that'll be unbelievable. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be without transportation. It's, I mean, it just is. It's, that's the way it happens. A good time to buy them and ship them to Brazil and some other countries. <clears throat> yeah. Buy them cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll be able to buy them cheap two or three years from now, believe me. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much so. All right. Well, <clears throat> uh, we didn't have anybody come up with good news. And, of course, you know, if people come on late, uh, good news is always welcome. We always want to hear about that. It's just we uh, make a point of uh, trying to see if anybody's got any at the beginning of the call. But if you have a question for us, uh, I'm going to ask you to hit star 8 on the keypad on your phone. That will put you in the queue. We'll take your calls in the uh, uh, order that uh, people have done that. And uh, we have, uh, well, we had a flurry of activity when uh, when I said that. <laughs> we had somebody that was on there, and they disappeared, and uh, we're going to, uh, if they already had uh, their hand up with star eight, if you hit star eight again, it's going to take you out of the queue is what's going to happen. So we're going to go to Florida. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. Good evening, Dave and John. Well, hey, how's Brian tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. Got to good. get up right and early, so <laughs> just try to get my question in quick. <laughs> um, what do you got? It's been a while since I've filed a FCRA, and I've never filed a case against a debt buyer, but I have one now. We've been communicating back and forth a little. Of course, they're interested right now in just taking it off my credit report and sending me a, a letter stating they won't come after it anymore and that type of thing. Um, 
but I remember a couple of years ago, I don't remember where it was, but I, I don't know if it was the case law or if it was in the 40 years, I was hoping maybe one of you guys would know where it stated that the debt buyer can pull your credit, but only prior to purchasing the packet. That's the correct. Pack. Prior to uh, purchasing it, they can't pull it afterwards. Right. Now, do you remember that, what case that was or where that was located? Mm, no, no, I specifically don't have that. I know Terry uh, covered that in her webinars. Yeah, she had told me to go check the 40 years, which I did on page 44 through 47, and it didn't mention a debt buyer. It did say that an attorney can pull your credit if they were retained by the original creditor. But I didn't yeah. see anything specific to being a debt buyer. Yeah, so I don't know. The, on my, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know the specific place to look for that. I know Terry does, uh, and evidently she's tied up. She is, she's traveling. She's out of town. She was saying she was going to call in the cell phone, but there there may be a problem with uh, you know things where she is or she's tied up doing stuff or whatever. I don't know. But uh, evidently she's not on the call. But, uh, yeah, it, it is they can pull it um, when they're evaluating the purchase of a debt. They right. can't do it after they have purchased it. Yeah, I was trying to find that so I could uh... – school this lady a little bit she's just a compliance officer and of course you know we don't want to go to, to trial but we know we could prevail and blah 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 like mm -hmm. you know, when i go on my credit report they've made up a whole new account number to make them appear and it says date opened 613 i think was when they say the account was i opened an account with them of course i never did well, yeah, that's probably they're, they're probably putting that in as the date that they acquired the account. They like right. to do that but, to reage it. But it's not their account number, you know what I mean? The account number that I had with the Wells Fargo card that I had at that particular time, right, was not the same, not the same account number that they're posting as an account number on mm -hmm. my credit. Yeah, they're yeah. they're gonna uh, use a different number. Um, who who is the uh, debt buyer? Investment retrievers. Oh, investment, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, definitely. They're kind of a odd bunch. I know they fought, <laughs> yeah, they fought one of our members pretty hard. I, I think it was Christine, if I remember correctly. But Yeah, I believe so. But, yeah, yeah, I just didn't know. Like I said, if I can find that case law, obviously that would be the main thing I would like to send her because you know, I know they'll. I, I'm not absolutely sure that that's uh, specifically case law that that fits in, that there isn't something else that's even clearer than that. I, I think the language is just that they, they that's in the FCRA allows them to do that if, uh, if to evaluate uh, something uh, for a potential purchase. I think that's actually language in the FCRA, but as far as exactly where it is, I could not put my finger on it. I know Terry would be able to tell you in a blink off the top of her head, but like I say, unfortunately, evidently she's not going to be with us tonight, or at least she hasn't been so far. Well, I had sent her an email, email a couple of weeks ago, and she actually wasn't so sure exactly where she's seen it. She told me to check that 40 years of CR, FCRA, yeah. which okay. I did, but I don't remember if it was just actually right in the plain you know, in the statute itself. I'm thinking it was in the language in the statute. Uh, I don't don't take that to the bank, but I'm thinking that's what it was. But I know she covered it in her webinars. So, you know, yeah. if you wanted to go, go through that, especially the, uh, uh, the second set, you know, uh, what, what is it, what lies in your credit report? 
I think was the right. second one. <clears throat> uh, I'm I'm pretty sure she covered it in that one. All right, I just didn't know. I thought John had a, had some dealings with some debt buyers, so I thought maybe he might have a, the information off the top of his head. But I'm not here no. China, so I'm no, I've just <laughs> I've just sued him, and and you end up settling. Yeah, and I know that I can do that too. I'm just actually helping a friend of mine with a TCPA case, and we just sent them discovery. They're supposed to be entering here the next week, and he has 44 calls. So I've been kind of working with her on that, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't really want to take on another one at the moment, but I can. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, um, you might want to go through that webinar series. I think you'd probably find the answer in there because I know she was extremely thorough and covered all yes. those kind of details in those. Yeah, I know for sure it's in there somewhere. I just, like I said, I haven't had a lot of time. I'm, I'm rehabbing a house an hour from my house, so it's been taking up a lot of my time. Oh, geez, yeah. Two hours a day commute, that'll, uh, that kind of cuts into the productive time, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. even here at 6 in the morning, getting back at 6 at night. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah and that's, ju- and that's just to, to get into a, a normal day's work. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll come. I'll come to a point where I could start putting a little more on autopilot. But yeah. well, anyway, gotta do uh, what you got to do, right? Certainly do. But I do appreciate appreciate the calls and the help. And uh, yeah. Well, sorry, I can't be specific and give you the information on that. But uh, I I think we uh, you know where to go when you got a little bit of time that you can get into those webinars that uh, you'll you'll be able to find the info there, the specifics of it. Yeah, I'll probably just respond to her email without such specifics at the time and just tell her that you still violated my rights, okay, or we'll just go to trial. Or yeah. Go to the court system. See how that goes, but I'll let you know. Okay. All righty. Take her easy. All right. All right, guys. Have a good night. You too. Good night. All right. Let's go to Western North Carolina. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. Yeah, it's me, and I've been here all the time. I could not call in on our cell phones because there's no signal out here. So I'm calling from my son's landline, which is North Carolina, and you didn't recognize it. When I first dialed in, I couldn't mute the phone fast enough, and you muted me. Oh, well, boy, there's a huge amount of noise on the line. Well, that's because there's really nowhere to go. Let me go outside. Uh, what, what kind of um, noise is it? Electronic noise? I I can't. There's so much noise in your line. I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying, Terry. Okay. Why don't you uh, wait, watch for me? I'm gonna hang up now. Right back in. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. I figured she was on her new bike with one of those fancy headsets <laughs> in your helmet. <laughs> Oh, the wind yeah. whistling through here. Yeah, boy, that 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 noise was terrible, wasn't it? Ooh, yes, it was. And for a landline. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. Uh, uh, we'll we'll wait and see if uh, see if uh, she uh, calls back in right away, and we'll. Oh, come on, Terry. All right. All right. You there now? Okay. That's better. Oh, my God, yeah. 
Yeah, you, you have a real phone this time. Uh, well, it must have just been bad connection. Okay, Brian, are you still there? Uh, I don't know whether he's still here or not. Well, maybe. Yes, I am there. There he is. Yep, go ahead. Okay, and for the benefit of everybody else. um, It it is part of the statute. However, the statute, as in uh, other places in the statute, such as not specifically uh, defining what an investigation is, uh, is not um, red-letter clear. So... In the 40 years document, you may not have read far enough, <laughs> Brian. Um, when it gets to the part on permissible purpose, that's where you begin reading, and it covers, uh, you know, the uh, creditors and all that stuff. And it's several pages past that where it talks about resellers, and the debt buyers is what it's talking about, but it's referring to them as uh, purchasers and resellers of accounts and what their permissible purpose is. And their permissible purpose is that they have uh, a permissible purpose to obtain the credit report prior to the finalization of the sale of the account or the purchase of the account. So in other words, when they are assessing the value of a portfolio, for instance, that they're bidding on, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say there's 3,000 accounts in it, and they want to assess, uh, you know, how good is this portfolio, uh, you know, uh, on the chances of what's going to be collected on it, face value, blah, 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 they can pull the credit reports of every one of those accounts from the spreadsheet that they're going to be purchasing. Now, the purchase isn't made, isn't final. They can use that information to assess the value of the portfolio and the chances of being uh, the account being collectible. Now, that's before it is purchased. Once that purchase has been made and it's final, they, do, they no longer have a permissible purpose as a creditor, and just like the creditors can do it under account review, because they have an account to review. A traditional debt collector can do it on behalf of the creditor only, because there is an account to review. But a buyer does not, because they cannot become a creditor. So what do they do? to solve that problem. They do what they did to you, what they do to everybody. They assign it their own internal account number because they can't use the original creditor's account number. They don't own that. They didn't loan any money. And therefore, it would be way illegal to do that to try to collect it as they would have to impersonate the original creditor, well, they can't do that, and they're not going to take that kind of risk. So instead, they pose and present themselves as original creditors. And they assign it their own account number, because now this is just data that create they create an account that's theirs, as if it were yours, and put it in your credit report. They get away with it 99% of the time, 
because people don't understand the fine point there. They can't be a creditor. Now, that is something that the ruling out of the 11th, in my case against Midland, the judges in the 11th Circuit spelled that out very clearly. They are not creditors, and they are not collectors. They are down-the-line buyers, a whole different animal. So you need to use the interpretation of the, first it was the FTC in the 40 years document, and then when the CFPB took over that area of the FTC's duties, the FTC, I mean CFPB, first one of the very first things they did was officially adopt the 40 years document as the official interpretation of the FCRA as far as the regulatory bodies are concerned and the government is concerned. So it's a combination of what the official interpretation is and the ruling out of the 11th, which makes it very clear. You don't have rights as original creditors because you're not original creditors. That is not my account. I never had that account. You did not consult me when you opened that account. You do not have a a permissible purpose because you're not an original creditor or doing uh, business on behalf of an original creditor. And you did it after you purchased the fragmented data you used to create that account. That's your fight back. Okay, so I probably just didn't read far enough into it because I think I read page 47. Yeah. It sounds like it's a couple pages after that. So now on, yeah, on your when, case, I, when I get back, I'll try to find time to go back through that doc and find specifically where, where that's at. And don't miss this coming, this Wednesday's afternoon webinar at 3 o'clock because there's new twists and new strategy. And because of what happened at the 11th, because of my case specifically, They absolutely have to find a way to stop the inevitable bleeding that the ruling out of the 11th is already causing and is going to get exponentially worse. So they've come up with absolutely idiotic, but then what isn't, um, twist, a new twist on the interpretation of the FCRA. If you know about it in advance and you know how to fight it before it even gets started, then you're way ahead of the game before the starting pistol goes off. So you don't want to miss that webinar. That's what that's going to be about. Okay. Now, and you said it spelled it out in your case. Were you talking about in the appellate part of your case or in the, in the main that's in the case? ruling. Okay. The appellate, the appellate ruling from the, the panel judges at the 11th Circuit. They make it very clear in that ruling that Midland is not a creditor, is not a collector, but is a down-the-line uh, junk debt buyer, and they call them junk debt buyers. Yeah, I don't know if I have that ruling that you have. I'm sure I do somewhere in my computer. I'll have to take a look for it. Well, I won't be home until tomorrow night. Um, I, I can email it to you when I get home. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I've got your email. So anybody else who doesn't have that and wants that, just send me an email, queensongbird at gmail.com. And you all have a 40 years doc. If you don't, 
It's on the website, and it's also on Jeff's site. And you can Google it. 40 years with the FCRA. It's all over the place out there. All right, thank you very much. No, I don't know why they gave it, like, a catchy book title, because most people think it's a white paper by somebody like... Dalia Manus or Peter Holland or somebody, what it is is that it's the the official interpretation of the statute by the FTC and CFPB, which replaces their original official interpretation from 1999. Updated version. Yes. But they just called it 40 years with the FCRA. There you go. Well, thank you, Terry. And You're welcome. Like, like I said, you sound much better now because that before, it was, um, there definitely was a connection issue there. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're, we're out in the, in the, in the Appalachians, <laughs> in the sticks. <laughs> yeah. So, well, at least know. they've got one good phone line. We know that. Yeah, Even it's if, a landline. That's why. Yeah. We don't have well, any cell signal where we're at at the moment. Yeah. Well, did you have a, a good trip there? Yes. Good, good. All right. Well, we've got uh, Illinois with I'm their mute. hand up here. I'm going to mute myself unless I'm talking. I've got a mute button. So. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Illinois, you have been unmuted. Go ahead with your question. Well, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. I was I was urged to call by a friend of mine, um, Roger, who's on okay. the call regularly. Mm-hmm. I know and, Roger. All right, good. And um, I'm not calling about a um, um, debt collection issue necessarily. I'm calling to see if you would assist with a whistleblower action uh, about an unscrupulous organization who is preying upon people in dire straits of foreclosure? Mm, Really, um, I don't have any experience on the whistleblower end of things, the QTAM uh, uh, stuff there, and I don't know whether anybody else has any. I'm quite sure Terry doesn't. John, do you have any knowledge on that at all that would be helpful? Uh, None. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, that's an area that that we just uh, haven't gotten into studying. So I wouldn't even have the really the the first idea how to pursue something like that. Because to I've, be honest encounter, with you. I've encountered someone who is most definitely preying upon people who are in dire straits, and I'm not sure how to report them. Um, well, you say you, you, it's somebody that's preying on people that are in dire straits. Can you kind of just uh, briefly explain the situation? Yes, um, I'm on a I'm on another call which hosts a very large amount of people, and uh, one of the hosts of the call had recently suggested um, a foreclosure uh, advocate who somehow magically moves. Um, foreclosure action into federal courts and stops all actions. And um, myself, having been a, 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 I don't know, a survivor, I mean, it's been 10 years. I had two 
two cases dismissed, but the third one has stuck. And, um, you know, I'm one of those people that's in dire straits. And uh, so I did call this number that I was furnished through this call. And um, they're really, you know, selling a pig in a poke. I mean, they they want money down and they want it now before you can talk to the person and and um, you know no website nothing other than a phone call a cell phone number. Scam. Yeah, it's a scam. Yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah, it is. It's it got to be a scam. First of all, federal courts don't have jurisdiction over uh, property. That's exclusive jurisdiction of the state courts. So it can't be they can't be taken to federal court. Well, you know, they're they're getting a minimum of of three thousand dollars out of each and every person that falls for this. Yeah. And and I've had enough experience with them over the last few days to realize what a scam they are. And I'd mm-hmm. like to report them to somebody. Get get a hold of the yeah, I, start with the state attorney general's office. Well, start start with the state attorney general's office, and then also contact the Federal Trade Commission and the CFPB. Okay. You never know where that might lead, where they may turn it over to somebody else. But those would be your three prime places that uh, I can think of that you'd want to take that information. Okay. Can you repeat that one more time? The Attorney General. The State Attorney General. And then the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. Uh And then the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Okay. Okay. Well, I made a note of it. I just um, on, on the on the both the FTC and the CFPB, they have uh, access on their websites to uh, file a complaint. Now, I don't know about your state attorney general's office. That's probably going to be different in every state. Some states likely do have that type of service on the website, but you'll just have to check yours. Well, whoever does it is going to have to do it as a sting operation in order to get to the crux of it. Well, what you got to do when you make your complaints is, is give them all the pertinent information as to, you know, how they're operating, what they're doing, how they're operating, how they are, uh, you know, if their information to find them is being disseminated, like on this call. That you mentioned. Yeah, there's there's a lot of scammers on there. I mean, we know a few of them personally, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Um, just I'm a curiosity. This uh, the uh, the call that this is uh, associated with. Has that got anything to do with Michael Edward? Not at all. Okay. No, no. The call that I that I'm on is a very solid call, and it's a good call, and. I'm surprised this information would have come through to, through, through there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm disappointed to learn of this type of of organization being perpetrated through there, and and not only that, but you know, I feel like there are that um, you know uh, they may not have any knowledge that there's they're being used to promote a scam. We've had good people used that way. 
Um, you know, depending on the structure of the organization that's running the call, they may or may not have the ability to vet. Um, that's one of the reasons I don't on my call, and Dave doesn't on his call, allow people outside, you know, the website, Jesse and our our moderators, to promote sites uh, or calls on our calls because we don't have the time to vet them properly, right, Dave? That's correct. Yeah, the the call that you're that you're referring to, I'm assuming you don't want to mention the the identity of that call. Not particularly, no. Okay. Um, but it's but it's not related to credit collection or anything like that. It's more of a forward movement type of call into uh, the um, new uh, global economy. So mm. people are are of collective, you know, mindsets, and they're they're. But nevertheless, anyone probably in this arena is also suffering from the uh, latent fraud. That's yeah, pretty much who isn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, you know, and the the thing that concerns me the most is the amount of volume on this call and the number of participants who will reach out and be a victim of the scam. Right. And and so I would like to you know because I'm I'm an experienced professional, and I I kind of could see through things you know it didn't take me very long to come to the conclusion that um, you know <laughs> this this is not a legitimate enterprise right and not not even knowing whether or not foreclosure could actually be brought into federal court or not which you seem to feel it can't, absolutely. Well, from from a legal standpoint, it can't. You know, it's, well, um, um, yeah. That, it, would, it, that would be the drop-dead thing then, because, I mean, that is their whole premise, is that, you know, they're going to save the day by moving this out of the district court, from the <laughs> circuit court. Yeah. So, well, uh you know, I, I just um, I spoke with my friend Roger earlier today, and he suggested I call in on this number and see what you su- would suggest. Yeah. So I've made a note of what you said, and I will follow up on that, and I appreciate your time. Sure. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, tell Roger I said hi. I haven't talked to him for a few days. But, okay. Uh, uh, Here he said hi, too. <laughs> let me ask you this. Sure. Well, while I have you on the line, is there anyone there that can help with an appeal for foreclosure? Um, we really don't help with uh, appeals. I mean, what what kind of uh, help are you talking about? Well, uh, I don't. I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, are you talking just generally help with the whole process? Well, not the process necessarily, no, just perhaps reviewing documents and and making suggestions. Yeah. Um, Here again, uh, we we don't do that. The reason we don't is is there's way too many of you guys out there and there's not enough of us. Um, uh, That's something that, you know, if if you can get, uh, find some people collectively 
that have had some experience with appeal issues. You know, the, the biggest thing that you have to remember about any appeal, and, and this escapes a lot of people, and, and I, that's why I want to make a point of mentioning it. Um, a lot of people don't understand that when you go to an appeal of a decision by a court, you can't argue the case. And that's something a lot of people do, and it's, it's absolutely incorrect. The only thing that you can argue to an appellate court is an error of some sort by the lower court, whether it be um, you know, abuse of discretion, uh, you know, uh, showing bias and prejudice to the other, uh, obvious bias and prejudice to the other party, uh, you know, stuff like that. A lot of people will go into an appeal and they'll sit there and they'll argue all of the aspects of their case. And the court won't even look at that. They can't look at it because an appeal is only an appeal of the lower court decision from the standpoint of did the court below make an error somewhere. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Let me ask you this. Does an appeal stop the foreclosure action in the lower court? Um, it can. Uh, sometimes uh, people in a situation like that, where they will uh, uh, ask for a temporary restraining order uh, pending the outcome of appeal. Um, one thing to be aware of, depending on where you are, uh, when you when you appeal, uh, especially in foreclosures, I've seen this multiple times, where the court will grant a uh, a TRO, a temporary restraining order, but they will make the appealing party post what's known as a supersedis bond. It's to protect the the other party in the case if you lose the appeal so that there's money there to compensate them for uh, the delay and everything. And depending on the value of the, of the uh, uh, property, I know of one that happened through a friend of mine. He appealed a, a deal with Chase, uh, and he had to post a $100,000 supersedis bond. And then we have one of our members that just recently uh, called me and had an adverse ruling, and the court said that she had to, uh, and this was on a forcible detainer, uh, that she had to post a $10,000 supersedis bond just on a forcible detainer. So that's something else that, that you need to be aware of that you, you potentially would have to deal with. Do you know if those were in judicial or non-judicial states? Uh, let's see. Uh, both of those were in non-judicial. They were in Texas. Okay. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay. All right. Let's see. We have Hyperloose. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. Good evening. Good evening. This is my, uh, this is my first time to, um, to to contact you guys, and and 
in fact, um, uh, I, I can't I, I can't really remember how I got got your number. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's all right. You're here, and welcome to the call. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've been battling the IRS for a while, and uh, and, and I picked up your number uh, sometime back a, a few months back, and uh, and so anyway, uh, I kind of got them pushed off me right now, but uh, I have a, a couple of questions. Uh, first off, do you all have a website? Uh, the website, is, with all the information that we refer to, uh, you'll find that. Just open a browser and type in Knock Out Collectors. That's K-N-O-C-K Out Collectors, T-O-R-S, dot net. Okay. Okay. That'll take you right to Jesse's website. Okay. Okay. Um, I, okay. I've um, I got I've got some problems. Uh, um, I've I've heard you talk about people uh, giving you aggravating uh, sales calls on your cell phone, uh, and, and I've been having a, a problem with with uh, you know three different uh, companies. That, that, you know, one of them's credit card. Um, our credit bureau or something, not credit bureau, but uh, just a credit agency. Uh, and other ones are selling crap, you know. Uh, is it is it all is it all telemarketing or is some of it collection calls? Uh, no, uh, none, no, no collections. It's, it's all telemarketing. Okay. Um, is that something that? Uh, and, and I've, I've done the uh, the no call uh, list thing too. Okay. Well, that that falls under the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which is 47 USC section 227. And the the uh private right of action uh for what you can get for violations falls under section C5 of that statute. But um the uh, on, on telemarketing, telemarketers, uh, first of all, have to have your express written consent to call. Okay? It's not okay. just your consent. It has to be express written consent to call you. Okay? Um, they can, a telemarketer can only call you once in a 12-month period. If they call you more than once in a 12-month period without your uh, consent to do so, uh, that's a violation of the TCPA, Telephone Consumer Protection Act. And under the telemarketing side of it, the statutory violation has a uh, private right of action. You can get up to $500 for each call and if the calls are shown to be knowing or willful, in other words, if you get into a real egregious situation, uh, the court can actually treble that or triple the amount to as much as $1,500 per call. Hmm. Now, let's say, let's say um, you get eight calls, just, uh, just as an example. Um, the first one is not a violation. In, and I'm saying if you get eight calls in a 12-month period, and that doesn't mean calendar year, it just means in a 12-month period, like from July to July or September to right. September or whatever. Um, 
if you get more than one call, starting with the second one, it becomes a violation, but once you have a second call that creates a violation, you, it goes back and it picks up the first call, which you know all by itself is no violation. So if you had ended up having eight calls, you'd have eight, eight potential violations there. And I have to log these calls myself. I mean, I, uh, you uh, right. You you want to you want to log all this stuff because that's evidence. You you got to understand one thing about dealing with any kind of legal action. You have to have evidence of the violations, and the best way to gather your evidence is if you, for instance, have a voicemail message left. That's a violation. Okay. okay. Uh, if, if even if you don't answer the call, what I do is I write this down on a piece of paper. I do not keep track of it in the computer. I'll transpose it into a an Excel file after I get it. But my records are always made in handwritten notes. Literally, I just take a piece of paper and I write up there the date. You know. Um, uh, you know, 227-17, a.m., and underneath that, the, the number of the call, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah. And then, you know, I might put in there, didn't answer or uh, left voicemail uh, or answered, said hello twice, nobody there. Uh, and the, they disconnected. In other words... I put as much information as I can about the call in those notes. And then I just I just draw a line. Once I get that part written, I just draw a line underneath it. And I just keep a running log of all the calls I get. I don't take and, and have a separate slip of paper for this number or that number, like say if you're getting calls from different numbers. I right. put them all down because that way I can testify later on that – you know, I was getting all of these nuisance calls, and I just wrote them all down. And these notes were made at or near the time that I received the call. And by being able to testify to that, that lends credibility to the information that you're presenting to the court as being true and correct. It isn't like, well, you know, how, how can you remember what time you got that call when it was two years ago? You know, but, well... It's right here in my notes. I, that came in at 9.07 a.m. on uh, February 27th of 17. And I answered the, the call, said hello twice. There was nobody there, and then they hung up on me. Those okay. would be my notes. Okay. And, and the way that you described, you know, the call that you, you, you know, like uh, you answered and uh, you said hello twice and nobody there. I've got a lot of those calls and I got calls where I didn't answer them and um and I have written some of them down um but uh and, and I just started that I mean I, I picked that up from listening to uh one of your other calls mm -hmm. uh, but um um the, the website that I asked about a, a minute ago uh they do you have information on there uh, uh there's I mean, all I, sorts of information on there about the TCPA you betcha okay, okay. Yep. There's all right. sorts of information. Learn all about the TCPA, and uh, you know the uh, uh, there's webinars in there that Jesse did. 
and okay. uh, you know, uh, there's there's lots and lots of information in there. I personally have 106 federal lawsuits, uh, TCPA lawsuits against one company right now in federal court. I think I heard you talk about Midland. Yeah, Midland, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Actually, they called me last week. <laughs> Yeah, Midland I don't know did. why. I don't, have, I don't have anything going on with them. They just somebody called me at seven thirty in the morning, pissed me off, uh, woke me up, uh, and they told me they were with Midland. And I said, "Well, what do you want with me?" And they hung up. <laughs> so well, that was, that was a violation right there because they called you before eight o'clock your time where you were. That's an FDCPA violation right there. Hit them for a thousand bucks. You got a one year. You got a one year statute of limitations on that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read up on all this, and uh, I, I thank you. I got one other question. Uh, sure. Different, different topic. Um, it, it, my, this concerns my daughter. She, um, her, and her husband. Uh, uh, last year, uh, they had a newborn baby, and then two weeks after that, uh, the baby was born. She was diagnosed with a uh, a tumor in a, in a brain, oh, and. Long story short, um, uh, she has surgery and you know she she's fine. Uh, all, oh, with good. all the everything, she's fine except she had a mountain of bills. Okay, and yeah. uh, so she's uh, medical bills and you know credit card bills and all this trying to pay this one thing or another. She's got two kids anyway, so she's debating bankruptcy, and um, and and I, I went through bankruptcy about 25 years ago, and, and I, I know the laws have changed since then, but I, I haven't kept up with them, um, and uh, so uh, I, I think I've heard y'all talk about it. Uh, She's she considering going to get a lawyer and, and, you know, going that route, and I, and I said, well, you know, I, I'm kind of don't know how to advise her what's the, you know, what's the most appropriate thing for her to do. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say, just like I said, she just got a mountain of bills. Um, yeah, I'm just going to look for some advice here. Uh, what, what would you, what would you say well, in that condition? Let me, let me ask you this. Um, okay. Ballpark idea. How much are you talking? Twenty, thirty thousand? Um, all total, uh, I would say between fifteen and twenty. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good chunk. Now. Yeah. If they were to get into a payment plan on that through a Chapter 13 bankruptcy where they only pay a smaller portion of it over a period of time, do they have the, the necessary income and, excuse me, and stuff to be able to do that? Or is there, you know, is there income in a situation where it would just be almost prohibitive to be able to do it at all? Uh, well, it, they could do that. It just depends on um, if they incorporate all the bills and they just have one payment and it's not an outrageous payment. Uh, you know, yeah, the, the, you know, they had. Uh, well, they, the, you know, chapter yeah, chapter thirteen bankruptcy. You got chapter thirteen. You have chapter seven. Chapter seven is complete liquidation of all your assets. I mean, you you just go to zero. Chapter thirteen is a. Um, it's a repayment plan. What the court does is they assess all all your debts that you've got, and let's let's say just as a uh, 
a ballpark, you know, you uh, you got 50000 in debts. Well, they might set up a payment plan where you pay, you know, like uh, twenty five or 30000 of that, and it's one monthly payment, which I believe is made to the court uh, each month for like mm-hmm. a five-year payment plan. And then when you're done with that, at the end of that five years, then you're discharged out of that bankruptcy and and that's squared away. But see, that's something that is determined by the court. There's no specific formula that you can say, okay, well, if you owe this, it's going to be reduced by this amount. That's all, it's going to be different for each individual situation. Now, when I did, I did the, I did the straight bankruptcy chapter seven. Now, right. and I had a, I had a choice. Uh, now, does she have a choice? Can she, can she do either or, or will the court determine that? No, um, she can, she can do one or the other. You can do a, a complete chapter seven, but you know, if they've got a house, they've got vehicles, all that kind of stuff. All the vehicles and everything go into the bankruptcy as well. See, a, ch- okay. a chapter seven includes everything you own. Okay, well, they don't own a house, but they have a car, and the, and the car is paid off. Uh, well, that so would that, become an asset in, in the bankruptcy then. The the court would want to take that and liquidate it to uh, pay the creditors, so they'd lose their car. Oh, Lord, okay, okay. Yeah, see, that's that's the different ways you got to look at. The repayment plan, the Chapter 13, uh, lets people get back on their feet. It used to be that... You didn't have that, but uh, the uh, the lobbyists for the bankers uh, passed that law. I believe that was passed in 2005, where uh, you couldn't just wipe things out and start over like you used to be able to do. Yeah, because you, keep, you could keep a car, you know, up to so much value the way it used to be. Right. <clears throat> you know, there was an exemption for so much value of a vehicle and stuff. That's that's all different because what the bankers did is they got everybody into debt. They worked, you know, they gave credit to anybody that uh, would fog a mirror, so on and so forth. And then they got their lobbyists to uh, change the law so people couldn't uh, walk away from it. They had to pay it back even though it was a reduced amount. So that's how the bankers screwed everybody in 2005. I don't feel bad about when I screwed him in. Of course, I never did feel bad about it anyway. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I mean, the, the bank, bankruptcy is there for a reason. You know, sometimes people have problems, and I'll tell you what, um, your daughter's situation is exactly that. I uh, uh, I know the clerk at the federal court very, very well here. You know, I've, I've been going up there for almost six years, I, and she used to work in the bankruptcy section, and she said without question – the number one cause of people filing bankruptcy is medical bills. Hmm. Yep. Because they can be so excessive. And all it takes is something unforeseen, like, you know, your daughter's situation there. I mean, uh, you know, you don't just say, oh, well, no, we're not going to do anything, just uh, live with the problems and stuff. No, it doesn't work that way, you know. Right, because, you know, they start getting, they start crossing over until you, other aspects of your life, you know, when money gets messed up and credit gets messed up, then they just get kind of shuts down everything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm thinking, you know, if if they've got solid income and stuff, uh, 
where they could work out a payment plan, maybe the Chapter 13 would be the answer there. So that uh, uh, because actually, if you file a Chapter 13 and you're on a payment plan, that uh, doesn't affect your your credit as uh, that much for that long as it used to. Years ago, it used to be when you filed bankruptcy, it it took you seven, eight years. You know, it used to stay on your record for seven years. Now it's ten years. Um, really? But it used to be that nobody would loan you money for at least five or six years uh, after a, a BK. And in more modern times, good grief, uh, there's there's people that get credit six months after doing a bankruptcy. Oh, yeah, your, your mailbox is flooded with offers for credit cards right away. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I ended up, uh, like, when I, when, bank, when I filed bankruptcy, um, I, I bought a house. To, uh, it was like uh, – 18, it was about 19 months after the bank, after the discharge, I bought right. a house. And, right. uh, and just like she said, I was like, you know, credit card, you know, because I didn't have any, everything was discharged. I didn't have no bills. And, and well, I was exactly. Good right, yeah, right. So. They, you know, somebody could loan you money and uh, uh, they weren't having to compete with all, all the other uh, bills that you owed. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, just from, you know, what you mentioned and stuff, uh it sounds to me like she might want to investigate the uh, uh, BK-13. That might be a better avenue for her if that's the way to go because if, you know, she's talking about a big chunk of stuff and, and especially if somebody isn't going to be tolerant and wait for a payout on that and if, you know, they, they want to uh, ruin your credit, put crap in there and turn it over to debt collectors and everything like that. Uh, medical debt is hard to deal with when it goes to collectors because – that's not like credit card stuff where the money was created out of thin air. Um, you know, in the medical stuff, there were actual services rendered for right. the, the bill that you got, and they can usually uh, provide the documentation for that. So those are pretty hard to deal with, to be honest with you. Yeah, and that's, that's, that was what my thinking was. Uh, uh, and that's why I was kind of on shady because I knew credit cards, there was nothing put out, but but it was that service provided. Uh, but my, the, the gray area for me was, you know, they have insurance, and the insurance paid 80%. So what she's left paying is 20%. And uh, and that's what gets me is that, you know, the, a hundred, you know, $50,000 bill, and, and they already got a hundred, you know, Thirty thousand, twenty thousand, whatever, and they want you know they're gonna come at her for this. This is what's left, it's, uh, and it's all overpriced. So it, that's that's a kind of well, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we know how things are grossly uh, out of right. uh, proportion here, but it is what it is. I mean, it, it's there. You got to deal with it. So exactly. it it sounds to me like that might be a, at least something for her to uh, look into. And uh, right. to discuss, there are people that have uh, done that. You know, I don't know how capable she is of studying and learning, uh, being able to do that. There are any number of people that have done a BK-13, but there is a lot of paperwork involved. Uh, mm -hmm. So you don't have to pay a lawyer. Okay. Because, you know, there's there's lawyers out there that will charge you, you know, three or 4000 bucks to do a bankruptcy. And, you know, for a simple bankruptcy, that's, in my book, that's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, well, I, um, I appreciate all the information, and uh, I'm going to um, 
check out the website, and uh, I'll probably okay. be, you know, I'll definitely be listening to you. And if I'm having any questions, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll ring ring your bell. <laughs> well, hey, that's fine. That's what that's what we're here for. That's our whole intent right. and purpose on being here. Welcome to the call. Thank you so much. Take care. Alrighty. Man. Take her easy. Thank you. Bye. There's there's a good case, everybody, of you know somebody that unforeseen medical bills, you know, um, have a child born and all of a sudden there's uh, complications and stuff. I I know how that happens. My daughter that just celebrated her 30th birthday last November uh, was born with Down syndrome, and there was a bunch of extra costs and so on and so forth. Not to mention the emotional aspect of all that when Jill Marie was born but uh, you know that kind of stuff is you know you never plan on it but when it happens it sure can change your life I know all too well first-hand experience and uh, fortunately her medical stuff wasn't that much more excessive and at that point in time uh, I did have uh, pretty good insurance to cover things so uh, uh, that's not the case now obviously all right, I'm going to ask if anybody else has a question or a comment. Uh, all you got to do is uh, hit the uh, hit star 8 on the keypad on your phone. That will put you in the queue, get your hand up, and uh, we can uh, see if we can cover the uh, information for you tonight. I got a, we got uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. I had to mute and unmute you. Go ahead. Hey, Dave. Hello. Hi, it's ML, the queen of Chapter 13. Well, hi, ML. <laughs> did you get my email I sent back to you? I certainly did, and thank you so much. I most appreciate that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from you on what timing-wise. Okay. Well, I, got, I, got, I have to go and double-check because I got one where there was a little bit of discussion about this and that, but I hadn't heard <laughs> the one that you're just referring to. So I'll go back, and that's, that's cool. Well, yeah, that's the one, the response on, on your trip to Texas. Exactly. That's, yeah. I knew that's what you were talking about. Yeah, so I will look at that, and then I'll give you all of that information, and then we okay. can make the arrangement. So thank you so much. Sure. Um, my good news is that I deposited the, uh, the check that I got as a, uh, well, the so-called refund from the trustee on that Chapter 13. Uh-huh. So that's my war chest now. For, right. for, for filing working losses. capital. <laughs> well, it was wonderful because you know it's it certainly wasn't a, a large a check as I would be hoping to be able to receive from uh, other lawsuits, which would be you know anywhere from a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, up to heaven knows what if Rico's involved. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. And so to the gentleman who just called you regarding his daughter and one of the chapters. Um, might I just offer this, that is, um, I, I got on the call after that caller had already started, and I don't know whether or not there was any information about PACER that was um, that was uh, offered by yourself or anybody else? No, no, we didn't get into any of that. Okay, but uh, what he might do, and certainly you are most welcome to, if it would serve any purpose for that gentleman, you're more than welcome to give him any of my information, but my thought is that if what he wants to do is learn a little bit more um, for, on on behalf of his daughter to go to PACER.gov 
And then at that site, he can become a member for a very, very modest cost using a debit card or a green dot card. You don't have to have a credit card or she doesn't have to have a credit card. And it's a very, very nominal amount of money that they just need to charge you in case you want to um, pull down reports. So it might be, you know, 10 cents, 30 cents. I don't think that on any any of my cases that it's cost me more than $10 during two years of active uh, ongoing Chapter 13. And that's just so that I have a permanent documentation for myself of the court record um, of something that was introduced on the docket. The other thing that the gentleman can do is, I don't know what state he is from but or his daughter, but what he can do is literally go to the U.S. Bankruptcy Court section, and depending upon what state he's in and what court that particular bankruptcy hearing would be heard, he can then go to that section, and then this site is wonderful because it tells you anything and everything you need to know about the court in that particular jurisdiction of his state or his daughter's state, and it will give you the rules of what you need to do and the paperwork you would need to file during the ensuing course of a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 11. Um, so don't chapter do 13. What, or 13, excuse me. Do not do what I did and fork over your hard-earned or borrowed from your family or friends' money <laughs> to uh, hire an attorney to do this for you because when you have an attorney stand between yourself and the court, what you're doing is reinforcing that which the court already has stated Anyone coming before the court is considered a ward of the court. When you have an attorney represent you, basically what you have acknowledged to the world is that the court jester or the village idiot, which is you, according to the court, who is a ward already, absolutely must have that level of support to introduce your situation to the court because you can no longer speak for yourself when you have the attorney. And this was the fundamental largest problem that I experienced I'm the one who was writing down uh, all the information and the items we would want to have presented to the court in any motions for hearings or any corrections, any additions, and that because of this, I surrendered my right to have my day with my own mouth and my own words heard in court. So Mm -hmm. my recommendation to that gentleman or his daughter or anyone else who's considering any one of the chapters, don't give yourself the force of impotence in the court of not even getting there, getting up to bat, and then not being able to speak for yourself. Because the attorney, no matter how wonderful they are, and I sincerely believe mine was and is a lovely human being, but that person has been doing this for over 30 years, and there's a a distinct relationship of dubious background and exchange of currency for the attorneys that have that particular niche business and, of course, the courts and where they have all of their money furnished from. So it's, mm-hmm. it's so complicated, and that's a whole other world of knowledge, and that's something that we don't wish on anybody, that you have to learn the hard way. <laughs> um, but to that gentleman, my bankruptcy was dismissed. It was involved in two years of time that I was paying each and every month, again, a modest sum predicated on the matrix in my petition that I had represented to the court is all that I was able to pay. And because it was an impossible case to confirm, 
they could not confirm it, and it was dismissed. There was no prejudice. Yes, I got the ding on my credit report, but uh, these telephone calls with Dave and those in the uh, that emanate from and through the moderators of the website that he did discuss, you will find a wealth of knowledge there should you decide to support your daughter in going that path. And also, you can also repair anything on your credit reports uh, or your daughter's credit report as well. So, you know, just stick with the calls and listen and hear the wisdom that um, that is to be gleaned here because it is remarkable and it is financially life-saving. So that's all I got, and I'll get back to you, Dave, on that. Um, okay. Okay? Well, thank you for the input for the gentleman. He, uh, he was listening. Uh, well, he he made a couple comments on the on the board. So oh, okay, great. It's because it is it's wonderful. It's a great great ex- education and an experience just to even follow. Pick a case, any case. Your, you know, the da- your daughter while she's even thinking about this, she can follow a case that she she finds up there. Just pick it at random and then go back and continue to follow the case. That will also give you an idea of the ebb and flow of these. Uh, Hearings that go back yeah, and forth. Yeah, the proceedings. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's uh-huh. worthwhile to help you decide, you know, to go forth or not on these things. Yeah. Um, well, so, it's all been done before. All we're absolutely. doing is going and looking how how other people have done it. Practice yeah. makes perfect. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. That's right. Oh, and to, uh, to, if Terry, you're on the call, I assume. Yeah, she, she was yeah. on. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know. I just wanted to say, go spider. Oh uh, yeah, I'm up at my son's in North Carolina right now. I'm on his landline, so I had myself muted because the dogs and the kids and background noise. Okay, okay. I I think about you when I see any of them going up and down the hills out here in the country. And um, that that thank you for letting me know that story. That was adorable. <laughs> You're welcome. I gotta hear yours too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that I'll do personally. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, thank you again for uh, the input uh, for the gentleman. That's uh, that's great. It, it, this is all about sharing, everybody. You know, it isn't just oh well, moderators uh, giving you know providing information to callers. This is uh, we have all sorts of people that come and contribute to these calls, and uh, uh, the the benefits that we get from all of you are uh, innumerable. Uh, you know, when you guys bring us questions as to this situation or that situation, you have no idea how many times in the last almost six years that has caused us as moderators after a call to go and start digging when somebody comes up with a question and we're like, well, wow, we don't know. That's something new. We've never explored that, don't have any experience. Uh, we've been sent down a lot of rabbit trails that uh, we have uh, gained an awful lot of knowledge from just because you guys uh, were the ones that that prompted that through your questions and, and information that you've thrown out uh, on the calls like that. So uh, keep doing it. Don't uh, don't be afraid to uh, contribute. And uh, you know, I the the gentleman from Louisiana is on the call, and I told him that I was going to have his stuff read, and I I was going to get into it this morning. Because I thought, okay, I'm going to get in and I'm going to read that stuff so that it's fresh in my mind so we can discuss it on the call tonight, which was the plan. 
And I got distracted with market-related stuff today that kept me busy all the way till later this afternoon, and I did not get it done. So my apologies to you. I'm going to uh, try and uh, get into this so that we can have some discussion of that on Terry's call on Wednesday night. Um, it's there's just <laughs> there's only too many uh, or not not enough hours. Uh, in a day, there's too many things sometimes that go on. Uh, the The markets are a priority for me right now because of uh, uh, where we are in the scheme of things, and uh, that's something that I've worked on for uh, well in excess of 20 years. So it's not something I can just put aside. And uh, right now we're in, a, in an extraordinary situation, so that uh, sometimes takes a priority, has to. So. Anyway, we we can try and do that on Wednesday night. Again, my apologies for not uh, having gotten to it today, but I I had the plans to do it this morning, and then everything went kafui. So had some uh, very odd movements in the markets today. So all right, I'm going to ask one more time if anybody has any questions. Uh, the gentleman from Louisiana does have his hand up here. And I gotta unmute you here. Hello. Yep, there you go. Yeah, just wanted to thank you for the shout out, Dave, and uh, I, I, I look forward to talking to you on Wednesday. I understand. Life yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that this morning. I thought that's going to be great. I'm going to dive into this, and uh, then I'm, you know, I'll be able to go all the, over all the stuff. It'll be fresh in my mind, and then we'll be able to have a good discussion tonight on the call. And when I got on the call tonight, the very first thing I thought of was, oh. Crap! I did not get to that stuff because of the screwy stuff with the market today. I just was so focused on it. So anyway, that's quite all right. Uh, that's quite we'll, all right. We'll try and pick it up I, Wednesday. I, I, okay? I look forward. I look forward to it because your input is very valuable to me. Okay. Well, thank you, and uh, we'll. Uh, I, I will look at it and read it over, and then we'll take it up on on Terry's call Wednesday. Thank you, kindly, sir. All righty. You bet. All right. Does anybody else have a question or a comment for us? We have Freedom 1776. I've got you unmuted. Go ahead. Hello, Dave. Hey, I was just wondering what Terry's email is, and and that question earlier was, oh shoot, I don't have it. I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, that ruling on the 11th is, is that what she's going to send out? If I ask for it, um, I don't know, Terry. Were you going to send a or, copy or of your 40 ruling? Years, Forty years I, of the. Uh, oh no, uh, that's that's not a ruling. That's a document. You can just do a Google search and find that. The forty years. I oh, okay. Blower. I have a blower. Uh, uh, hold on just a second, guys. Okay, she's, she's at her son's house. We're trying to blow up an airbed. Um, if you need a copy of the ruling from the 11th, just send me an email at queensongbird at gmail.com. When I get back tomorrow night, probably be Wednesday morning, um, I will send that out to anybody who's asking for it. So just send me that so I'll have your email address. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good night. All right. Well, that was that was pretty easy. 
All right. One more time, if anybody has any questions or comments for tonight. If not, we'll go ahead and wrap things up tonight. We've had kind of a variety of things tonight, which it, it makes things interesting. It's it's good, and I know we've uh, disseminated some information and helped some people, and that's our whole intent and purpose on being here. So I don't see any hands coming up, so it looks like we're done for tonight. But this is the on week, I believe, for the call tomorrow night. So we will be having a call tomorrow night, Tuesday night, on Blog Talk Radio. That starts at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. It's an open call for uh, anybody. It's Q&A. Jesse will be there. Uh, he can answer your questions on foreclosures, and uh, he is the foreclosure expert. I mean, uh, I don't know anybody else that's won three foreclosure trials on their own properties, especially when they had uh, the original notes in court. But he's done it. I think it speaks for itself. So uh, uh, he'll be with us tomorrow night. Again, that's 8 o'clock Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash W-L-I-Y-D. And then, of course, on Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Eastern, uh, we're going to be doing the monthly webinar, and Terry is going to be covering that. Uh, she is going to be uh, doing the, the webinar and all the newest updated information on the FCRA that she's got. And she's put this stuff together. This is new information. You don't want to miss this because, you know, there's a lot of people that are dealing with uh, the uh, credit-related uh, information, trying to clean up the credit reports and stuff. And of course, she is going to go over what we just found out last week from Thomas again on how to get public information out of your credit reports, stuff like judgments and stuff like that. Found a way to do that. It's uh, all this discovery stuff. She's going to be going over all of that at Wednesday afternoon on the webinar. You do have to be a member to attend that webinar. So if you're not a member of the site, uh, you better get in there and, and get your membership. And that's at 3 o'clock Eastern time. So uh, that's going to be a really, really valuable thing for everybody to attend. And then, of course, she does double duty Wednesday because Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, she has her own call as usual. That's at 8 o'clock Eastern. And if for whatever reason you're not on her email list to get the call reminders or the information she sends out that she was just talking about a couple minutes ago, send an email to queensongbird at gmail.com. Simply say, please put me on the list. That's all you got to say. You can even put it in the subject line. And she'll get you on there and you get the reminders. If you're going to do that, do it right now. Don't wait until Wednesday afternoon and think you're going to get it because you probably won't. You won't get it in time. So bottom line is we're done for tonight. Thanks to everybody who joined us. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, John. Appreciate you guys uh, attending and uh, your input tonight. And I hope everybody has a great evening. And if you join us tomorrow night on Blog Talk Radio, you'll probably hear my voice because I get to moderate that call too. Jesse makes me work all the time. No, actually, I, I do it very willingly. So hope all of you have a great evening. We'll talk with those of you that join us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Good night, everyone. Good night, all. I pray we'll see you on Wednesday. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.